New car thinking is country autos. Sadly, JB thinks more about donuts, rabbits and coffee. Each to their own. The country autos havel. It's new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. Here's a light-hearted look at what's going on in the world of entertainment with The Feed. 6.44, an iconic Australian brand is making this comeback. And no, it's not the bloody Polly Waffle. I've been waiting on that now for about two and a half, three years. Every year... They say the Polly Waffle's coming back, and then 12 months on, at the end of the year, we're talking about it going, where was the damn thing? And I'm sure, because we're in December now, that media release won't be far away from whoever it is that owns the Polly Waffle recipe locked away in a safe. To be honest with you, they've probably forgotten the combination lock. That's probably the whole issue, and they can't get into the thing to get the recipe. But I'm sure in the next couple of days, I will be getting that media release saying... Oh, due to COVID, no Polly Waffle this year. It'll be out uh, uh, in the third or fourth quarter of 2021, guaranteed. Anyway, this is another iconic brand making a comeback. Foster's, the iconic Australian beer that no Australians ever drink, which has been flouted around the world, is making a comeback down under. The brewer, Carlton United Brewer or Cub, is hoping to once again fosterize Australia with a brand new can design, flash branding, and a fresh new TV advert for the world famous Foster's beer. They're going to have a new slogan as well Foster's Lager. Have a crack. Yeah, have a crack. The reason Foster's is back is real simple. Oh, this is a quote from a brewer, so I have to make it sound ocker. Yeah, mate, the real reason Foster's back is really simple. Beer drinkers, mate, and bottle shop owners have been telling us that's what people want. Hayden Turner from Carlton United Brewers said. Beer historian Matt Kirkgaard said Foster's was born in the 1880s when brothers William and Ralph Foster arrived here in Australia from the U.S., uh, Mr. Kirkgaard said they were one of the first brewers to actually make what was in those days a very rare beer called lager, and you needed refrigeration to create lager beer, so obviously that was why it was such a rarity. But then the brothers, William and Ralph, just disappeared, and not much is known about them after they left Australia. The campaign was a hit, and Foster's, I never knew this, remains the second highest-selling beer brand in the United Kingdom. Uh, but Mr. Kirkgaard said it was Foster's success abroad that killed the brand down under. It was that success overseas and through the reputation of Australia overseas that saw Aussies maybe through cultural cringe. Uh, of course, Foster's now very rare to see that in an Aussie pub. But Hayden Turner, we'll go back to him from Carlton United Brewers. He said, yeah, mate, Foster's is back and we quadruple in the amount of cans that we're producing. He said, I, look, I don't know whether it's going to stand up against all the craft beers and craft brews that we have out now. I think Australians have very different tastes now in the last 15, 20 years as to what they're drinking and what they're putting in their mouths and what maybe they did back when Paul Hogan was selling Foster's left, right and centre back in the 80s and the 90s. But, hey, we'll see what happens. That is the feed New car thinking is country autos. Sadly, JB thinks more about donuts, rabbits and coffee. Each to their own. The country autos have all. It's new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9.
Time to get slightly snobby with letters from Townworth. Tony, how are you? Good morning. I'm ready to get slightly snobby. Exactly right. That's what we do. Letters from Tamworth time. And in case anyone was confused, it is still Tamworth in the UK. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't, we haven't sold them out yet. No, 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 not at all. Well, we will try and track down what we can find about this other Tamworth in Ontario. I don't think there's going to be much going on there, to be honest with you. I mean... No offence. Winter in Canada is just like cold, right? Yeah, yeah. It's snow... School closures, yeah, boring, yeah, you know, pretty much ain't happening. Um, so the cops have been very busy in Tamworth. They busted a cannabis factory with cannabis worth more than forty thousand pounds. Wow! Growing in a loft in a house, the cops cut the front door during the early morning raid in Yoxall Way, Streth Strethe. A suburb of Tamworth on Tuesday, November 24, P.D. Cooper, whose Staffordshire police's first Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Get out. You're telling me they just made a drug bust with a new dog. With a brand new dog. I'm feeling some similar similarities here with like us. We just got a police dog yes. back and they made a big bust yeah. of drugs. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, I don't know how new this is. It's the first Staffordshire Bull Terrier, but it could be like a couple of years old. It's still the first old. one, but he's been yes. here for 20 years. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be. I mean, you'd think that... Being from Staffordshire, you think that they'd use their own breed in Staffy. Yeah, yeah, to to sniff out the drugs. So I don't know how good they are at smelling things out, though. Hey, maybe this is face. <laughs> maybe this is why it's taken so long. Maybe this dog's been working there twenty years and has taken this long to sniff out some drugs. Yeah, maybe. the cops are like, you know what? End of twenty twenty, mate. I reckon in 20 you, years he'll be right. You don't earn your keep by the end of this year, mate. You're out the door. Retirement <laughs> for you. And he's got anxiety and the poor little pooch has gone, oh, there we go. Yeah, I feel like you need a snout yeah. if you're going to be a sniffer dog. Yeah, I think so. Staffy, they, Staffordshire Bull Terriers, they do have the squishy face? The ones uh, that look really like they're... I don't know, to no? be honest. No? Nah. I just staffy. I only know rabbits. In my head, I'm thinking <laughs> staffy. Like, yeah. Doosh. Surely they got the squished face. Anyway, they, they sniffed out the illicit crop that was hidden in the loft, a 34-year-old man from Litchfield and a 40-year-old man from Tamworth were arrested on suspicion of drug offences. Both men have since been released under investigation. So not bad. They're all just hiding up. You should see the photos. It's like in the... There was that much drugs up there. I was concerned the roof was going to cave in on itself. I mean, like all the study I've done, I know that you have to like write things like on suspicion and allegedly because until it's proven in court, you can't. But it's like, dude, you're living in a house with like (laughs) $100,000 worth of marijuana plants. But... We're not going to say that you knew just yet. Yes, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, come on. The, you know, they might have moved in a week ago. The previous owner was growing him, left and they him never there accidentally. Anything. You never knew it, you know. <laughs> hey. Innocent know. until proven yes, guilty people. exactly. That's right. Including if it's found right in your hot little hand. I wonder if that's ever happened that... I'm sure that's happened before where people, there's been drugs somewhere and they had no idea, but I wonder if there's been that much drugs that it's caved in and crushed the people that are living in the house from the drugs. That's really morbid. Sorry. 
<laughs> I know they say drugs kill, but normally you have to, you've got to participate. <laughs> oh, this is, this is really not funny. <laughs> 17 past seven. That is letters from Tamworth. We'll find out what's, what else is going on there. They're getting the, well, they're, they're meant to get the, we'll find out about the vaccine. This time next week. So started yes. rolling that out in the UK. Next so week. So we'll find out next week whether there's going to be anyone with extra eyes and ears and extra fingers and stuff like that from this vaccine. I am trying so we'll to find convince that out. my brother not to take it just yet. Yeah, yeah. Because all, all of the talk from Australian politicians is like, hey, we'll just see what happens yes. in the UK. Yeah. And I'm like, you're literally a guinea pig. Well, you're, yeah, because your brother works in the hospitals over there as well. So he's front he line. Does. Yeah. I said to him, what do you think about this vaccine? And he said, I don't really know. And I said, okay, well, are you going to take it? He said, yeah, I guess I have to, or it would look bad. And I'm like, um, how about we think about ourselves? No, just kidding. Um, I don't know. He said it's not a live vaccine. Yeah, so yeah. he can't see too many issues. He said yeah. the majority of the vaccine had already been made a long time ago, and there's just a little piece of it going in. Yeah. That this is his layman terms to me, the non yes. the non medical person yes. in the family, um, a little piece of it that's gone in that makes it specific to COVID. He'll have to have two shots, and it won't even last that long. As in, like in a yes. couple of years, if yeah. it's still around, it's, he'd have to have it again. Yeah. So yeah. he said it's most likely going to be like the flu shot that you get every winter. That yeah. it will need to change, and it will need to be taken over and over. It'll have to be updated with you know COVID twenty, COVID twenty one, oh, COVID twenty three. That kind of stuff. Sorry. Sorry. 19 past 7. Get a new Havel from Country Autos Havel and enjoy that new car smell, which sadly JB's rusted 1991 Daihatsu Charade lost a long, 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 long time ago. Thanks to Country Autos Havel. It's new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. 19 past 8 here at 92.9. This is one discussion I think is going to rear its ugly head over the next uh, well, four or five weeks, and that is the art of re-gifting and getting given a present that you may not necessarily like and you pass it on to someone else. You wrap it up and you give it to someone else. Have you ever had it happen to you, Tony? You ever had something re-gifted to you or have you done it yourself? Um, I haven't done it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to um, establish some mm. ground rules here because there's a difference between getting a present you don't like and then giving it away mm. and actually rewrapping it and pretending like you specifically bought yeah. it for someone. Yes. I've definitely received things before that just were not for me and yeah. I've passed them on to yeah. someone who they'd suit better, but I never made out like yes. I bought it for them. I said, yes. I got this. I think you would love it more than I do. Yeah. And that person said, yes, give it to me. <laughs> it, all comes, it all comes down to intentions. There's a great story from Sue on our Facebook page. I feel for you, Sue. This is so awkward. She says she's been the recipient of a re-gift. She was leaving a workplace that she'd worked at for six years and was given some beautiful wine glasses. When she properly took it all apart at home, you know, took the, the lid off and took the, the, the wine glasses out, there was a card addressed to the husband of one of my colleagues. Oh, no. 
<laughs> surely How do you feel. Surely you take the cards out. You take yeah. any, any incriminating evidence out yeah. before you re-gift. How horrible is that? That is pretty bad. Was yeah. an, and there's a lot of stories on our Facebook page of re-gifting. Of re-gifting and people finding the cards. Dude, it's amateur hour, man. My... If you're gonna re-gift, make sure you clean up all the evidence, man. Don't incriminate yourself. Totally. I mean, what if you're you gonna doing? go to that effort anyway. My mum has a friend who is like a classic regifter. Yeah, like yeah. I can 100% tell that like she gets given these things because they're so random. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> I look at them and I think, oh, yeah, she would love that. Yeah, like yeah. in body soaps and hand creams and yeah. like – my mum spends her whole weekend in the garden with, like, she doesn't care about hand cream. I've yeah. never seen my mum buy hand cream in yeah. the whole of my life. Yeah. Um, but she has a whole stash of them, and they're all from this one lady, and I swear they're, like, re-gifted. I just, yeah. you just know it. Yeah, got an inkling. Kathy, she said the same bottle of wine went backwards and forwards with all her friends in their circle for years. <laughs> I think my family had that. We had this bottle of disgusting dessert wine. Oh. That went around our family for, because no one in our family likes the super duper sweet, sickly yeah. dessert wines, and it just got shared around. In the, eventually, once I turned eighteen, I was sick of this. I drank it. Oh, and you know what? This probably suits my eighteen-year-old palate. Stuff and it's gone. You know it's in what? My gut. This is a challenge. <laughs> yeah, and I accept. <laughs> yes, very much. So. That was the best Christmas I ever had. Hey, me and the bottle of dessert wine out the why. back. <laughs> um, yeah, Love but it. it's. Uh, I think. I think if you if you get a gift, I mean, obviously we should all remember the real thing is the thought behind yes, it. Of course, uh, and that's where it comes weird with regifting yes, because if yes. you think, oh, someone else will like this, and you hand it on with some honesty that, yes. you know, you didn't buy it for them, but they, you think they would like it, yeah. then I think that's still thoughtful. Yeah. But if you get a gift, you unwrap it, you go, ew, and then you rewrap it and pretend like you bought it, that yes. is not thoughtful. That is cheeky and naughty. Yes. And Don't do that this Christmas, all right? And if you are going to do it, at least take the damn card out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You can have style and quality with Country Auto Tavel or have the complete opposite with JB. JB for breakfast for Country Auto Tavel. It's new car thinking 92.9. Time to have a chat with Nicole Gorton, the HR and uh, recruitment expert and director at Robert Half. Nicole, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you're welcome, Jared. Thank you very much for having me. No, not a worry at all. Of course, COVID-19, that just decimated uh, industries and, uh, and recruitment and jobs throughout 2020. That's going to really change what jobs are going to be in demand in 2021, isn't it? It's going to be massive. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, as, as it relates to the pandemic and, you know, what, you know, the knock-on effect that it had uh, and creating a, you know, I guess, a, a, an economic dislocation uh, and the ripple effect that it had on the employment market. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're right in the, in the sense that it decimated uh, many industries. Some industries mm. benefited, but many yep. uh, suffered as a result. What are some of the in-demand positions in 2021? Uh, so there, there are a few. I mean, if you think about what's going on now, I mean, we're officially out of a recession. So companies are looking to scale up. They're looking to, you know, looking at how they can grow their business going into next year. So within that finance space, there, you know, the the biggest areas of demand would be for organisations, anybody with the, 
you know, key data understanding where they can really look at themes and patterns of a company to be able to do um, more detailed projections, financial budgets and forecasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so data analytics would be one area. Um, and cash flow. Companies want to know that they have uh, money coming in as, you know, as consumer spending increases. So looking at credit risk management professionals and, and, you know, financial reporting as it relates to credit risks, on and so forth. Within technology, um, system engineers, developers to drive digitization of operations, products and services, areas like that within technology, uh, many companies sort of shelve their projects. So now they're looking to, uh, you know, to get them up and running again. You know, big banks have already got those, uh, you know, big project implementations, uh, product launches, looking at how they, you know, they interact uh, with customers, apps, so on and so forth. So developers are in high demand. Um, And business support, HR, it's a big one. Many companies, as they went through the pandemic, actually needed to do a lot of restructuring, a lot of reorganising internally. And so HR experts and professionals, uh, as it relates to staff retention and strategy, uh, and redeployment of people became critical and will continue down that vein. Obviously, COVID-19 really, really, really sped up the whole working from home thing and offices kind of really aren't as important as we maybe thought up until 2019. Thoughts about that? Yeah, it's interesting how, you know, those skills that companies are looking for as they go to hire now, you know, that we're not just talking about technical talent anymore. We're talking about some pretty uh, critical soft skills. And one of those is adaptability. So that hybrid working, working from, you know, remote working, home, wherever that might be, uh, combined with working back in the office environment, you've got to be able to be adaptable. And and many companies sort of had to pivot themselves to be able to have that uh, infrastructure in place with technical support, that IT support, that home Mm. office Mm. set up so people could actually continue to work um, however, what we are now seeing is people are getting back into the office. People want to be, you know, making quick decisions in an agile working environment where they're able to turn around to their colleagues and say, what do we think about this? Is that going to work? Have we tried and tested it? Uh, what are you working on? This is what I'm working on. That sharing of information, yeah. that real cultural, let's, you know, let's drive the business forward. But the only way that we can do that is have that rapport building, have that trusted colleague partnerships. Um, to be able to make decisions and doing it remotely. You know, I think many companies will probably still have uh, an element of remote working because they've uncovered that they can, Mm. um, but people are going back into the office. Yeah, exactly right. That's it. Nicole Gordon, thank you so much for your time. An absolute fascinating chat. Thank you. You're very welcome, Jared. Thank you very much for having me.